You're listening to KDTN Blog Talk Radio's music interview, and our artist today is R.G. Ingersoll, and this is show number two. Thank you for listening. Here we go. We were signed to Motown, but we exclusively worked for the Gordy family. It's, it was basically said when we walked into the studio of any of the artists, they basically used to laugh and say, oh, the Gestapo's here. <laughs> the henchmen. Here comes, here comes Gwen's uh, pirates and thugs. Here, you know, gangsters coming in. You know, clear the studio out. You know, yeah, yeah. That, I can uh, recall when they told us, uh, Gwen called us in the office. Kenny, do you remember when... We had just cut four or five, you know, tracks, and we, we had been, the, I think it was our first week cutting demos upstairs inside the admin, you know, that little studio we had. Bit, yeah. yeah, a little A-track studio. Good for you. you know, we uh, got called into the office, if I, isn't that right, Kenny Gwynn called us in, and uh, she flat out just said, you guys are out of there. You ain't in there no more. And I thought, and so did you, Kenny. I thought you thought too, uh-oh, what'd we do? You know. And then the next minute, you turn around and say, you're in 24 track now. And I don't want anybody to know what you're doing or where you're at in this corporation. And, I, yeah, I had that. And then I asked her, I said, well, why is that? And she said... But you say, okay, yeah, I'm disrupting the whole administrative floor. <laughs> the tractor were going through, I guess, through the wall. So, so cool. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I wasn't out there behind the typewriters in the computers. You know, I just looked out and seen them dancing here and there. But, you know, it was only 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So, did we get... Then from there, what we got? Oh, we also lost our office up there it's on the 16th floor. They abandoned us. They they abandoned us from the building and sent us to the mansion. And oh, the mansion, boy, it was really rough, right? I mean, we gonna talk about the mansion in Beverly Hills. Let's go. This is fun. You gotta hear this. Started from the beginning. <laughs> Oh boy, where do we, where do you go on this one? Uh, okay, we we had been we had been we had been uh, segregated from the corporation, our sessions and stuff. Gwen never never really gave us a, a real explanation why or what she had up her sleeve. Okay, but she made damn sure that hey, our sessions, no matter where she sent us to whatever studio, you know were classified top secret you know period as you know Kenny and but we didn't know what that was all about and then when we moved into the you know the, the Motown mansion uh, to do our stuff and, and take care of our business in uh, we were uh, once again under very you know secure uh, type uh, orders uh, and and caution daily on Watch out for the press. <laughs> this house was uh, formerly built by Bugsy Siegel. 
Yeah, that's true. Definitely true. I guess uh, I guess you could say where we uh, are drinking our Cavassier and Coke uh, was probably 10 feet from where they shot him. <laughs> I guess so. I tell you, the house is magnificent. First time I came there, and I guess RG had been here several times before me, but I was just in awe of the building itself. The architectural design of it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, when you open up the doors, you walk into a foyer that has a fountain. A huge fountain that could be in anybody's courtyard. And this is just the entrance to the house. And then up at the top, remember that big old mural? It was a huge, gigantic oil painting of uh, Barry Gordy dressed as Napoleon. It was, it was like, there for a minute you thought it was really Napoleon, but it was Barry. <laughs> and she said, what? What you tell us? She said, in this house we call him BG, Mr. Gordy. And he turned, and I tell you, when we got signed to Motown, it was the craziest thing. We looked around, and there was maid services, and we had our own offices in the back, and our own studio in the back, and it was it was it was love at first sight and then miss gordy sitting there looking at us with a little small frame a little cute little thing and she looked around and she said this house was built was bought by hit records didn't she yeah exactly this is what hit records gets you i think the most uh the, the pride possession for me to even touch and look at was that pearl uh, concert grand piano in, in one of the living rooms that she had there. That was the tune. That was the piano that so many hit tunes came off of. Incredible. But back to the house. This house was bought with hits. And she looked at us two young men, or three of us sitting there. She goes, and you guys. Remember that, RG? You guys. She says, I don't want hit records. What do I want? Smashes. Do you know the difference between a smash and a hit? Uh, about three million. <laughs> so the only thing that we could do was write hit records. <laughs> We're still looking to write that smash. Yeah, right. We're still still going on Gwen's orders. <laughs> I tried to write a smash hit as old men. We're hanging in there. I think uh, I will share this. Uh, one of the one of our. Uh, uh, duties around the house as Kenny would tell you at a certain time I think it was around 10:30 in the morning uh, this huge Greyhound tour bus would pull around the corner and pull up in front of the house you know well we'd have to be out there waving at this bus and letting them take photographs of us we don't know who they were saying we were but those people on the bus were snapping pictures and we had to be out there every morning about 10:30 when the bus came by and wave to them you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun in Gwen's house in the corner back in one of the closets was a slot machine you remember that <laughs> well she no she had four of them right there oh no I only remember when she had the one oh no she got three more yeah she had she had three more in there and what 20, 20 different 20 backhand tables and a sound stage and, oh man yeah you know it was that's where the high energy did everything, their rehearsals. and 
that's where we all had everything, you know, everything was done there. But back to the slot machines. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, and they, they, I don't I think they were what, nickels and quarters. No, they were all quarter machines. And rumor has it that they were given to her put by Harris or MGM Grand, somebody. Yeah, somebody. Some, one of the big casinos given to her, you know, and they worked. Uh, they definitely work because I've seen people winning on them. <laughs> well, one of the one of the stories is that the reason why Gwen had these wonderful machines and it was that at least on one of them she lost what fifty thousand dollars in one. Rumor has it something like that. Yeah, that kind of a machine. I, I forget now, but uh, it it was it was story and a half. You know, we, I, we have so many stories, Kenny. There's not enough radio waves to cover them you know yeah i mean from from that place i mean either even during work hours and after work hours you know it was just you know it's like living in the inside the pulse of i don't know some kind of a whole creative planet so anyway so we and i include myself in that we were the motown family's hitmen and the ace in the hole for Miss Gordy. Yes, we were. And I tell you, it was a unique time when I got there. I was I left early because basically I felt that I couldn't really contribute anymore to the situations. And I kind of wanted to go into my own direction and start my own company anyway. So, uh, but RG, as I said, he was the last man standing with the keys in his hand when Motown closed their doors. RG and you saw last man standing at the now great renowned Motown Records. You know, Kenny, getting getting back to what we said earlier about, you know, us being a hush-hush uh, micro-production within Gwen's uh, uh, castle, Gwen Gordy's operation, uh, maybe, you know, so there's no vagueness here. Uh, it, it was all about... Uh, Gwen knew that the corporation basically had to make some changes and since her and Anna really were the founders of it they felt you know Gwen kind of felt that she needed a whole new musical uh, uh, concept on a visionary basis to uh, come together and maybe save the corporation her, that, that was Gwen's really hidden agenda and I wish she would have kind of told us that right from the gate but she she didn't say anything to any of us uh, and we really didn't understand any of the secrecy or why we weren't allowed to do this and that in the corporation and we, we didn't understand why and then we, we found out that there was bad blood going on between her and her and the company you know, and the and the Jew white boys will just say, running it, you know, which is cool with me because they take care of good business, you know. So we'll pull that part out. <laughs> yes, we shall. You know, since we're on that subject, you know, you know, our records are now collector's items. We, like I said, when I got to the company, the bodies are already on the floor and they was putting on name tags on the toes. The damage had already been basically done, and it wasn't gonna say damage. And we refer to the owned the, the new heads of the company in Motown was Barney Alice. Okay, he ran the show. 
Barry Gordy and Suzanne DePasnim, they ran off to do movies. And they liked movies better than they liked records. Well, first of all, it paid more. <laughs> you know, you can't fight that. And in Motown, and you could see the change, you know, tremendously. I mean, being signed to Motown family, I mean, we had our, our, our artists. I mean, RG had Pat Boone, T.G. Shepard. Okay. I mean, that's just of two. He had high energy. You know, and he worked with everybody else. I mean, from the Miracles, oh my goodness, everybody, the Temptation, the Commodores, Rick James, Tina Marie. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But who was your favorite artist to work with at Motown? Uh, G.C. Cameron. He, you know, me, I guess because we're both vets, you know, and since he did two tours, you know, as a Marine and Nam. You know, me, me and him kind of stood out. <laughs> you know, like we were outcasts, me and G.C. Cameron were. Nobody could relate to us because we just had that gung-ho attitude. You know, you know, we weren't doing no drugs either. We were just gung-ho. You know, <laughs> period. Let's get it on. Let's do it. Getting it on. G.C. Cameron, one of your favorite artists. And it is you, any of you who don't know, the Spinners, you know, and it's a shame. That was one of them, and I tell you, and he went on to do other great things. You wrote a song for Mr. G.C. Cameron for a movie called Cooley High. And this is on the internet, by the way, for any of you guys that are listening. You can just do R.G. Ingersoll. It'll come up, and it's on one of the blogs talking about, oh, goodness, what are we talking about? <laughs> Writing songs for the song Cooley High. Dar G and Lee Rogers actually had the song. And it's underneath it. You can hear it. And this was done for G.C. Cameron. And then at the last minute, they flipped and picked another song. Isn't that amazing? You have been listening to KDTN, Blog Talk Radio, Music and Review. And that was show number three, R.G. and Gasol. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of SDC Radio Networks, a division of SDC Omnimedia Group. This has been your host, Kenny Smith. We thank you for listening.